Thank you for joining us on a Morally Podcast with Tony May. Morally Podcast is purpose built for America. Through our military veterans and military supporters, we show that the values and qualities that built this country, such as service, sacrifice, respect, and faith, are not dead. A Morally Podcast builds community so individuals can improve their communities. We have a special Immorally podcast with Tony Main today, coming from the Texas Silver Rush here in beautiful Fredericksburg, Texas. So I've got Joe Remy, the owner, the founder of the mm-hmm. Texas Silver Rush. Mm-hmm. Joe, thanks for being with us today. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm honored. I tell you, this what a great little town you have, and this this boutique is is something to see. Thank you, thank you. I don't want to say I'm proud of it. I just enjoy it. You know, I love to see how much people enjoy it too. So it's pretty awesome. I'm glad we had time together last night to go see Luke and Bach. That was that was you know that's a bucket list for me. I'm a very uh, late comer to the Texas music scene. I like the way you caught that. Well, you know, in, in the Midwest, um, you might have. I, I remember uh, was it Hee Haw mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Remember uh-huh. Hee Haw? You, you hear a little bit about well, Willie Nelson from uh-huh. from older family members and and Waylon Jennings and whatnot to but actually be there last night. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like the fulcrum of the uh, Texas music scene. Absolutely something to behold. But you're here with us today. Absolutely. Because you're an Air Force veteran. I am. With a Ranger son. I am. Who we have a relationship over a few years. Um, I think you saw kind of what where we were going with trying to use faith and wanting to share faith with Rangers. It kind of, mm-hmm. I think what kind of drew you to the organization Gallant Few when we've learned about you and we've learned about your journey. So could you take a moment mm-hmm. for the audience and kind of go over leaving New York City, joining the Air Force, and then years later, a boutique? I know, go figure. My friends in the Air Force, they'll stop in, they go, what are you doing? It's another Remini deal, you know, that sort of thing. So I was born and raised in Little Italy, New York City, Lower East Side. I uh, went to high school in Staten Island, and my grandparents lived on the Lower East Side, so I was kind of back and forth all the time. Um, and I knew I wanted to do something really special with my life. And nobody in my family ever served in the military, and the Apollo missions really were a big impact on me. I thought, how cool is that? They're going to outer space, they're landing on the moon. And that was probably the driver for me. And I didn't tell anybody I joined the Air Force. Was that, so was that a surprise for your family? In terms yeah. of that you, that you were going to leave, leave the city for something bigger, that had to cause a little consternation. So growing up in the kind of neighborhood I grew up in, and everybody's always got a guy, and everybody always pays somebody off and everything. So my mom's boyfriend said, you know, I can go to that recruiter. I can get you out of this. You don't have to do this. I can get you out. And I was like, no, I'm going. That's why I didn't tell him until three days before I left. And so there you I go. kept it a surprise. Tell everybody what you did, how you served how you serve the Absolutely. nation with, with what you're able, because what, what a fascinating opportunity. You know, the military has so many great opportunities for folks and, and to t- take you out of that culture mm-hmm. into this new culture where really you're on the forefront, right, of the Cold War. Absolutely. And you know, it was interesting because it was a real natural thing. Like my crew recruiter didn't have to sell me on anything. 
I knew I wanted to be there, but it was there certain things I was looking to do. And of course, when they screened us with our ASVAB testing and all, there were certain things I was good at and there were certain things I was better at. And this fit of what my vision was, of what the Air Force was going to look like, I knew if I was going to fly, I'd have to get a college degree and kind of go do that. But I sure. knew I needed to be there now. And so, and then also knew I could get my education, which I completed my undergrad and my master's because of the Air Force. And so that was a, you know, a real proud, you know, thing for me. But yeah, so here I am, this New York street kid and everything, and literally showed up the basic training, looked like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. I had the hair blown all the way back. I had the short leather jacket, the chains hanging down. And uh, one of the guys was like, the Air Force guy driving the bus was like, listen, you don't want to be the first one off the bus. That's all I got to <laughs> tell you. It's like, what are you talking about? You know, and everything. And so, but no, I knew that there were, it wasn't the benefits of it. I knew there, were, there was opportunity. And so I had the opportunity to become an imagery analyst. I specialized in the Soviet Air Force and I worked um, frontline, if you want to call it that, providing real-time intelligence for Air Force, Army, Navy for targeting purposes, uh, specific mission purposes and things like that. And I just absolutely loved it. Uh, the one thing that there was a lot of growing I had to do personally, as we all do. And so I had great mentors. And uh, there was a story I relayed to you earlier. There was a chief mass sergeant who, uh, Chief Amitrani, I'll never forget. And I walked in his office as a young airman and he had a full rack of medals and decorations. And I said, Chief, one day I want to have medals just like that. And he says, Joe, always remember this. This is what I did yesterday. What matters is what you do today. And those are the type of leaders that I was very blessed to be exposed to that wanted us to be the best. And the one thing as a New York guy I had to practice was slowing my rate of talk adding my R's to my conversations because whenever we would brief like an 06 or whoever and they'd come across from sync pack off and be like so uh, what happened what did you guys see and we'd have to do this really quick you know 30 second 90 second whatever presentation and so it was really a growing experience in, in a lot of different ways and all never did I see me ending up here however I saw my path and God just laid those things out for me each way. So I never thought about just being an entrepreneur. I want to be my own boss, do anything. It was a different season of my life that met a need and I got to serve. It was like win-win situation. You know, I provide for my family, I can give back to my community and I get to serve others. Just like the total person concept I learned in the Air Force. That's the sp I mean, you, you take know? a look at that as you, as you were talking, what I'm hearing is a young man who's just inspired by aviation and, and, mm -hmm. and you're able to see your piece of it with your skill set. I think so much uh, nowadays folks, maybe they say, I want to be X. And if they're not exactly whatever that X is, mm -hmm. may maybe it's a failure. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a little bit of, oh, I wish I could have done, but it was part of your, your path. And so I want to take that path out of the Air Force and then you go because of your degrees. You go into engineering. Mm -hmm. How enjoyable? A form of engineering. A form yes. of it. A form of engineering. How how enjoyable or not enjoyable was that that experience? What was lacking between or causing cause cause and effect of ending up in a boutique and deciding you might want to work for yourself a little bit more. Yeah, so the, the first idea of working for myself came was I had a life change and I had a responsibility to take care of two young boys and uh, I was very blessed to have some great people around me to help me to do that and so I needed to be, I couldn't be working like we were working and being gone. I wanted to be present and I was lucky that grandma and grandfather were around, you know, mom was in the same community and so it was just a perfect way and I just had to stay put and I was like how do I achieve this how do I go from what I was doing to be in 
in the civilian world because a lot of people like you know as a ranger people just don't they know all the lore and the tales of being a ranger but they don't really know the nitty-gritty of the day in and day out preparation training you know and and doing all those things and people in the community just didn't understand my background they didn't understand where you know came from and how I got there but more importantly I knew there was something bigger for me and it wasn't that I wanted to be better than anybody I just wanted to be my the best version of myself the most authentic and best version so I had an opportunity to get a contract with Lockheed Martin and uh, it was a challenge kind of lost a contract at one point mm -hmm. and uh, so I started this business as a little side gig and it was again just that evolution it kept me home close to my boys it kept me to where I could provide for my boys because in a small town of 5,000 people it was farming, ranching, service industry, and that was really it. There was nothing related to the uh, education I had, the experience I had, uh, the background that I had. And so I had kind of found my path. And that started the whole Texas Silver Rush journey uh, in the year 2000. And you had mentioned before and in, in, in conversations that so jewelry isn't truly the passion, but you saw, no. you saw an opportunity it's not uh, an ownership. Mm -hmm. Like, like th okay, there is an ability to make money here. Mm -hmm. and, and so you worked through that. But tell tell people how you then, through, through that um, choice, then integrated other things. Like, you love music. Mm -hmm. And if you look on the, this back wall, you just have a variety uh, of, of rock stars country stars, Texas stars, who are all now wearing your, your jewelry because you're combining everything for this business. Well, you choose the term, I want it to be more elite. You know, you can walk in, there's a hundred stores here in town. You know, this is uh, a huge tourist destination. We have the number two destination in the country for wine and possibly going on to the number one destination in the world for wine. It's just booming. Uh, we have all kinds of stores and everything. And like I said earlier, I don't ever look at myself as having competition. I just want to be the best version of myself. So I have 500 square foot, a little workshop here, another workshop. And it's like, how do we maximize that? And I wanted somebody to know who we were. I did not want to sit back and wait for customers to walk in because as an entrepreneur, and you're talking about cash flow. You cannot just sit there and hope that 10 people walk in that day and you make your number for that day. You can't hope. You have to get up. You have to be proactive. And that's where all my military training came into play because I had this vision. I needed to identify clear goals. I had to communicate those goals to my team. And then from there, once they caught my vision, they knew what I was doing. And then doors just opened for us. You know, Greg Raleigh from Journey, not once, but twice in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, comes walking in looking like a rock star. And he was so chill. And that just opened a door for me to work for Ringo Starr. You know, and then my cousin Vinny. Everybody laughs about my cousin Vinny. Hey, Vinny, if you watch this, this one's for you. So um, Vinny's with a band called Agnostic Front. And uh, Vinny just opened up a lot of doors for me, you know, also. It's like people wanted me to succeed. And I, that's the people I want to be around. That's why I love you. Your team is like you want people to be to succeed, not only for the people that you're providing services for, but for your for your whole team, your whole family. And so, yeah, so that that door just opened up for me. Greg Raleigh wanted me to be successful. You know, I remember a couple of times I was pricing him on some things and he was like, no, it can't be that cheap. I was like, I don't even want your money. You're, you know, it's just, I just want a picture with you and, you know, and, and we're good. But I love Journey. I love the music. I love the fact that he actually played a Woodstock because I do love music. And I'm like, he gave me the ring he wore at Woodstock that his dad had given him. And we had to rebuild it completely for him. And Amazing. have him trust me, you know, with that piece. So, yes, on one hand, 
you know, the musicians opened up a lot of door for me to grow my business. But on the other hand, all I wanted to do was provide those excellent services. You know, so it was like the the chicken and the egg, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, so then Greg Raleigh, he's been awesome. I've been working with Greg and the and you know the Say Journey now for ten years, eleven years, and then of course Ringo Starr, and most recently Three Doors Down, and the, the nicest guys. They love this country, and and that's the I think the other part of it too is Greg Raleigh went through the '70s when everybody was doing drugs and being broke. And he's got his family living on a compound. And he's like, I'm still making music. I don't have to worry about money. I don't worry COVID. If I'm not touring, I'm not touring. And he's teaching his kids those values. And that's where we, like, related as dads, you know? Never mind, I just was, like, tripping over his music and everything. And then, um, you know, all the musicians that we work with, like I said, going three doors down, you know, they open every show with Kryptonite, which is, like, one of my favorite songs, but they close every show with a long version of a dedication to the military. They have an American flag on the stage every single night when they're out, and they thank the men and women who have served and are serving every single night. That's how they close out the show. And those are the people I want to be associated with. So Justin Bilton with Three Doors Down, I know he's going to watch this. I want to give him a shout out. He's just one heck of a great guy. And um, again, I like doing business with him because it's growing my business. I love being around the music. I mean, I get all the perks of, hey, you going to be at the show? Here's front row seats. Or, hey, you going to be at the show? Come hang out with us. We'll be on the stage and, you know, kind of doing all that. So, yeah, so that just fuels like that's a perk you know of what I do for sure and so what I'm hearing is a little bit of like attracts like yes. you need to be around people you want to be like mm -hmm. I mean that that's it that's a key part and people will, will gravitate that you have to take care of people you have to be genuine genuine let's talk business mm -hmm. Let, let's say we like to say uh, a more elite pad podcast mm -hmm. for America so just the idea that what lessons then can we learn not everybody might have on the same day that same chance engagement and then take advantage of it that, that kind of blossoms but we know that those opportunities are out there you were not in the jewelry business that no. was a business opportunity what did you do what did it take looking in the mirror to say if i'm going to get into this i need to learn did, did was it people processes like what was that some of the things that were kind of seminal in your development as a businessman well i think one okay to begin with i saw an opportunity mm -hmm. and there was a problem and everybody always says a good business results out of solving a problem i'm looking at more as a family problem how do I pay for college for the kids? How do I get the trucks? How do I take care that of That was your higher things? calling. Yeah, that and was, you were looking for that value proposition that provided that Exactly, opening. exactly. And so, and then I was like, I walked into, like I was telling the story earlier, you know, I, I saw somebody doing something in the wholesale world and um, they were very sloppy in what they did. I mean, great people and everything, don't get me wrong, but they were sloppy. I was like, you know, keep spend an hour with me. I could clean this up a little bit for you and you'd be making a whole lot more money. And so, um, anyway, so I took that and I was like, well, Fredericksburg, and there was a lot of things that had happened right. If I was still, if I were in Seattle, if I were somewhere else where we didn't have, you know, a lot of people that were just coming in, because that was my lifeblood when I very first started, because I started on $10,000. And so every weekend you get a little more money, save a little bit, pay off that original $10,000 that I borrowed for myself, and then, you know, start cash flowing, kind of learning. And it took, you know, like three or four years because I don't have a business degree, but you don't have to have a business no, degree. not you, at all. You can have a mentor, you could take your military training, you know, and then really talk to your banker. 
you know, I'm not saying to work with a bank, but talk with your banker, you know, kind of know the ins and outs of cash flow and things like that. So Mr. Barnhill, I spoke about him earlier with uh, Brady, uh, Commercial National Bank and Brady. He gave me some really good starting lessons, you know, and I built on them. And the first time I had a magazine cover, I brought him a copy of the magazine that I was in. Which well, was and, and the story is, what did he tell you? He originally told you. He turned me down. No. He turned me down. And, and which was not for the bank's good. Well, maybe for the bank's good. But that was for your good. It was for my good. Exactly. He said, if you want to borrow it, well, well, I'll $10,000 for you. It's no problem. You know, but not going to do it for a business loan. And I was like, he just popped my bubble. I was like, I was already, I'm going to be in Fredericksburg. I want to have this business. I'm going to do this, this, and this. So that was really essential. That was God bless me with a mentor, you know, right there. You know, to kind of start speaking that to me. And that actually grew. Now, I'm maybe jumping on you just a little bit. We've been working what we call a non-traditional lender. So for small businesses, it's very hard to get financing for lines of credit. You know, when we do a production run, we'll need six figures and we do things like that. So I started working with this company and originally I got a small line of credit then a bigger line of credit, bigger line of credit. And then they featured us in a national article. They asked our permission about how we've grown so much. Our online sales had grown. It's literally that old story in business. If you don't have it, you can't sell it. Sure. So then I had to take on, okay, uh, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey's my hero. You know, it's like, don't debt, debt's not good, you know, and you know, make your, let the dollars make your decisions, you know, that sort of thing. And so they did this article on me and then we got picked up in the National Business Journal as a successful vet-owned business that has grown exponentially and how we did it, some of the tools. And so I was learning from all these different places, gleaning and pulling it in. And each day, the most important thing that I did was come here, open that door, meet my customers and that is the one gift that I have is that I love people. My grandmother on both my grandmother and grandfather on both sides they were very warm, they love people and I just grew up with that sense of graciousness, you know, where you just wanted to take care of people. And so when people come in the store it wasn't like, oh, they look like they've got a lot of money so we're gonna make a sale because that's very short sighted. Really where we make our money is way before the door even opens in doing what we do with excellence. So the other part of what we like to do is like my unofficial mission statement is to be a bright spot in somebody's day. You never know when somebody's hurting. You never know when somebody just went through a divorce. Somebody, I just had a woman in yesterday. She had just lost her husband last month. She bought a Texas Star Topaz, like the one you mm -hmm. know I was showing you. And she had just lost her husband. So we had a little time to talk because I thought she was doing pretty good considering that she had just lost her husband at 55 years the month before and her girlfriends were taken out for a little trip. So those are the moments that I really live for and those are the moments that define the Texas Silver Rush, quite honestly. My entire team's that way. They have the same spirit. Um, and I use the term quite a bit, God's economy. You know, we serve, and which is our tie-in with the gallon few, you know, where I saw how y'all were serving. But going back to us, I can't give to the gallon few. I can't take care of my kids if I'm not doing what I do with excellence. And so it's a constant education. It's a constant uh, looking at anything I'm doing, any processes, how can we do it better? So yes, you were talking earlier, this is, we had to identify the processes. We had, you know, even on the design and construction of jewelry, that's a couple of questions I've had since y'all have been here, you know, whether we're gonna have a production piece. Uh, we have some pieces that are production and I'm buying raw material and they generally make a little bit or we're buying the raw material and making our own jewelry. So it's always a juggling act of a little bit of mine, a little bit of theirs, but we kind of want to have our own stamp on everything, you know? And so, yeah, it's And you it's have the ability process. to do that as being the owner. And yes. What I'm also hearing is that Fredericksburg, you picked a place that has a lot of traffic. You have mm -hmm. a lot of potential customers mm -hmm. and, and made made the decision to move and to come closer to Fredericksburg mm -hmm. because 
you had to do that. You couldn't do it from home. You couldn't mm -hmm. have your cake and eat it too. Absolutely. And then also with your jewelry, absolutely fan fantastic craftsmanship with it. You know, individual pieces, but you're all not trying to do things at that. Um, I don't. I, maybe the wrong term, elite scale, but you're actually doing it a little bit on the margins. Like you have the ability to do volume. Oh, absolutely. You also decided with your customers to absolutely. do it on the volume. Absolutely. Volume. You know, I, I keep in that mind when the average customer comes in, and when I say average, I mean just the median customer. You know, they may be a wealthy farmer, they may be a wealthy doctor, they may be an everyday farmer, and that none of that really matters to me. I walk in, and a guy's looking for a present for his wife. You know, or a group of women will come in, and you know, I. Money is not my driver. You know, I want to be right spot in their day. They're going to love what I do. I don't have to sell what I do. They're going to just love it. It's just a matter for us than making sure they have the right size, right length. You know, everything's just absolutely perfect in every detail. But what you were saying about being here in Fredericksburg, yeah, people here in Fredericksburg would literally sit back. They go, oh, we've got 10,000 people a weekend coming in, 20,000 people coming in, last weekend 40,000. All we got to do is open the door. They're going to come in and buy and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not how cost of goods sold works. That's not how your margins work. And so the reason I'm tying that in is like, okay, so I can keep my I can keep my cost of goods sold down, I keep my margins high, but you're gonna cap out at how much money you can make. It's just it's just it's just gonna happen. So then we went into the digital marketing, we went into the e-world, and we really started to build our reputation and our brand on the internet. And so we have a perfect four, well, I say perfect five, we have four point nine 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 across the board on everything. And if I ever get a bad review, um, I remember when I got a bad review one time, it made me about cry. I was like, oh my God, somebody doesn't like me or whatever else. But then I thought, you know, what, what can, can I have done better? What, could what I can I have done better? So yeah. really, the not the critics, the people that leave a review are really doing me a, a favor. If they leave a great review, I'm very appreciative because that helps other people to know what we're doing. But once we open up that digital doorway, it just... It just blew up on us. And we don't even have our third leg yet because we've been working on the website twice, overhauling it because everything is so rapid fire in the industry. Things are changing so fast. And so now I've got an e-commerce person with me, but I'm going to hire somebody else in the store because it's, it's just the position has grown to that. But once, uh, and that takes us into COVID, you know, we had already built... It was like money in the bank having all of our customers. I don't look at people as money. I don't mean it that way. It was just that reputation, consistency, the quality. You know, it was you could all you there. Have, you have the ability to forecast. Exactly. The ability to forecast it, to make decisions for your team. Exactly. It was all there. And then COVID hit. And uh, the, one of the last questions the folks from the National Business Journal asked me was like, the very last question said, um, you know, if somebody was going to set out to be an entrepreneur, you know, what's one piece of advice you would give them? And I thought for a second, I really didn't have to think that long. It was just how I was going to word it. I was like, if you can survive somebody hitting you in the back of your legs with a baseball bat, punching you in the chest as hard as you can, knocking the wind out of you, and you fall over and you get back up, you're an entrepreneur. Because that's literally what you experience, especially in those early years. And that's why you got to rely on, that's why I love the teamwork that goes on. Because I learn a lot from you, you learn a lot from me. I learn a lot from other business owners, even in different you know, industries and everything. And so I do have that ability to take a really big hit. Like I said, the first couple of years, I was like, I didn't know if I was going to be able to cover rent and, you know, things like that. And you, and you, again, it was a problem. How do you solve the problem? And then uh, that set us up for COVID. And what we did during COVID was nothing short of excellent business, you know, excellent business uh, skills and really our faith walk.
and took us right through because that that defined who the Texas Silver Rush is. That's where our traveling Texas tribe grew out of. You know, where we're able to not only be a bright spot in somebody's day here in the store. And this does tie clearly back to business because the people are so happy with you and they're so pleased with you. And like you said earlier about like attracts like, they want to be a part of what you're doing. They want to say, I got Christmas coming up. I want to buy gifts from the Texas Silver Rush. I'm going to go support these people and because they believe in the values that you know that we believe in so we have customers from literally i said it earlier amsterdam to alaska to australia i know that sounds kind of corny saying the a's the eight but it's the truth you know but uh our followers when we went digital they were like uh joyce shanks in uh lancaster pennsylvania is like joe i can only come once a year maybe once every two years but when i'm in texas i love coming to your shop well that's great she'd come in she'd spend 500 she'd spend whatever she's gonna spend but now because of the things that we made, we adjusted our business model during COVID, now she can shop with us every weekend, five times. So if she needs gifts or she just wants to see what's new, Joyce just picked up a new Texas Star pendant, you know, something new that we're featuring, and I wouldn't have sold that to her because she wouldn't have been here. And so again, those were the business skills that we developed to go into the digital world and then really begin to blow it up. And I think something that we talked about last night is really important. My family is the first, it's God, family, and then my job. And if I can't be away from my job, it's it's more of an anchor you know it's not a blessing it's like dave ramsey says if you buy too much house it's more of a curse than a blessing you know and so it's the same thing here i can have all these projects going but if it pulls me away from what's important to me then i don't have that authenticity i don't have that peace i don't have anything so that is my as far as a business owner and a businessman as far as a um a businessman i like to take not risk I like to be willing to step into something new. I want to have that ability at any point to say, that's a great opportunity for me. Let me go work on that. But for right now, if I just stay focused on this, I'm accomplishing my goal. I'm putting more money back for retirement. I'm taking care of my family. I'm serving others. And I have a team of people around me that have found something in their life that's very, very special. Like I felt like when I was in the Air Force. I felt like I was a part of something big and something special. And my staff is like, you know, I told you, we just got tickets for REO Speedwagon. They called us last night when we were at dinner, you know? And uh, it's like, um, I talked to Susan last night. I said, I cannot believe that, you know, I'm able to comp tickets to my friends for like three doors down, Journey, REO Speedwagon, it's, you know, but that all grew out of good business technique and good business skills because those guys want to do business with me because I'm a solid business person. They don't come in and see me scrambling because, or I'm late, I'm putting, you know, a lot of times we've had overnight things to three doors down while they're on tour. They're like, oh, hey, we need this piece for the night or whatever. I was like, okay, so we'll make sure it gets to the hotel in Vegas, you know, and then we got to call the courier to make sure that it goes to the right place and kind of do all that. And so they count on that. People count on it. Do people count on it? They're ordering a birthday present that it's going to be there, you know. So not only do we have to be able to deliver our Facebook Lives and do all those kind of things, but we have to follow through. And we follow through. And the one thing I love to hear from people is, oh, my gosh, you got my package, and the pieces are even more beautiful than they look like on social media, even more beautiful than it looked like. And so those are all investments in my business. So when we sell something and we wrap it up, how we wrap it up, how we present it, we write a handwritten note, we do all those little things. It just takes a second, but those are part of the procedures that we've developed because people respond to it. That's part of the value that we provide. And uh, that very much, again, helps me to keep my cost of goods sold here, keep my margins up here, and then take care of my family and then be involved with Gallant Few. Jate, thank you so much for this time today. I think any service member, I think if you're coming out of college, I think you're interested in learning how to run a business, 
you've laid down a very solid 101 mm -hmm. in Thank terms you. of knowing where to invest. You have to have the, and it all built. And growth happens exponentially within those areas when you're doing the right thing. So I want to thank you again well, for hosting us and having us here. I want to uh, share today. one thing and I apologize because you're we're right in the cutoff and I'm going to cut you off, but where it actually applies to my life tremendously is when my son came home as a ranger from combat mm -hmm. and we went through everything we went through and now I'm mentoring him in business. Because that young ranger that was on there that's working in real estate, I was so impressed by it, you know, one of your more elite podcasts. And I was thinking about I can mentor my son and yes, Gallant Few helps and you help personally and things like that, but I can mentor my son. And so I would love to mentor anybody. Anybody has any questions, you call me directly and Tony give you my number and we'll talk and I'll help out in any way I can because I want people to have financial peace. I want them also to have prosperity and I want them to feel like they can enjoy the families and everything. So I'm sorry I interrupted your thank you're you. You're good, you're good. I wanted to leave you with one last opportunity. So now you get a second last opportunity <laughs> to let everyone know if they want to find out more about the Texas Silver Rush, which it, what is the best way to get in contact with the Texas Silver Rush? Absolutely, thank you. So the two primary ways to get, uh, get hold of it, the Texas Silver Rush, other than coming into the store, is to find us on social media. It's Texas Silver Rush on Facebook, Texas Silver Rush on Instagram. Our website is completed. It's going to be up pretty quick. That's one more leg to our direct-to-consumer sales and everything. If somebody has a question for me personally, uh, if there's a vet that needs something, just reach out to me, send me a private message, and leave me your phone number. I'll call you back. We'll make sure you have my phone number. You can talk to me directly and everything. So that's the best way, Facebook and Instagram, and we'll go from there. Digitally connected in the digital connected. world. There you go. Once again, thank you for joining us today, Joe, with the More Elite Podcast. This is For America, basic business practices to grow, and an American who wants to give back, offering his time and expertise for you. So as we leave you today, use the rest of your today to do something better for somebody else. We hope you enjoyed a Morley podcast with Tony Moore, and we appreciate your viewership. If you'd like to hear more from Tony or one of his guests, you can view or listen to past episodes at TonyMain.Podbean.com. Until next time, be a community builder for America.